Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. This week on the Happy Half Hour. When Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker become better options, it's like, what do you do? And he wanted to see if a different place could give him an opportunity to reset going into free agency again next year. And it's sort of like when your third quarterback wants to be somewhere else, you say, okay. Touchdown, Carolina! It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni, Augusta Stone, and Darren Gant. That's right. It's that time of the week. It's the Happy Half Hour podcast, and the podcast is brought to you by Prowling Vineyards Napa Valley, the official wine brand and wine club of the Carolina Panthers. These premium selections celebrate the great people of the Carolinas and the Panthers' hunger to achieve excellence on and off the field. Learn more at prowlingvineyards.com. You're here with your friends, Darren, Augusta, and Kristen. And guys, it's it's been a couple weeks. We had Thanksgiving, which fell on a Thursday, of course, our normal recording day. How dare Thanksgiving do that? And then we had the bye week. So it's nice to all sit here in the warm and cozy podcast studio and catch up. Uh, Augusta, how did you spend your bye week? It was excellent. I went back home, celebrated Thanksgiving and Christmas all at once, mm. um, which was overwhelming and exciting and joyful and wonderful. So it was really great. I will say I drove six hours both ways, so 12 hours total. I felt every second of that long drive, but I listened to a lot of music and a lot of podcasts got through it. So happy to be back in Charlotte. I love it. I feel like it's like home. I was like, I'm going back home, like coming back to Charlotte, which was a good feeling. Yeah. I loved it. It's a great (laughs) feeling. How does that sound in your head at this point after you've been a Charlottean for oh six months now? I mean, it feels great. I, I've I feel like I have done everything I can to to embrace the city, and I feel like the city has embraced me back. I love the Carolinas. I feel like it's like if of all places to build a home, it's a great place. So yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been quick. I move quick. Augusta's contractually obligated to say all those things on the microphone. <laughs> no, I'm I just kidding. Check, check, See, we check. know we know the real Augusta. Check so. the boxes. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Uh, Don't run into her on the highway. That's all I'm that, saying. That'll be a whole nother podcast <laughs> series, folks. How about y'all? How was y'all's? It was good. My folks, I'm fortunate. My parents are about an hour up the road in Hickory, uh, suburban Hickory, and you know, got to go see them a couple of times. Um, it's just good to be that close and have that availability. I, you know, always think about you having to do 12 hours in the car this time of year. And sometimes, you know, I'm the one who moved away to the city and I'm an hour away and it's like, so far. But, the prodigal um, son has returned. Yeah, and, but it's great to get back and just slow down for a weekend because 
when you've been going for 12 weeks of regular season and then the six weeks of preseason and all the stuff Training that led camp, into yeah. this season, you know, with Hall of Fame and everything else, it feels like you've been spinning. For, oh, my gosh. We, you know. we were just talking before we started rolling about, you know, all the things that have that have happened this season. And, gosh, Hall of Fame feels like um, years ago. Three or four years ago. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah, it's been it's been a year. Here for the Carolina Panthers in a lot of ways. A lot of stuff has happened. So it's, uh, but this is why we do the thing. The news business is exciting for exactly that reason because you wake up in the morning, you never know what you're going to get. Well, let's talk about all of that then. Let's talk about the the news that we got this week. I mean, of course, we got to start with the quarterbacks. News came out on Monday that Baker Mayfield was released by the Panthers. Uh, Darren, do you want to talk us through, you know, how it all went down? It feels like the best thing for both sides. um, But I think the cool thing about this podcast is that we kind of get the the behind the scenes a little bit, a little bit more context than is out there just in a tweet or in an article. So uh, walk us through it. Well, I mean, the long and short of it is – they gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they effectively, when you pull back from this thing, they bet $3 million and a fifth-round pick in 2024 on a former number 1 overall pick. And it didn't work. And that's the short version of this story. The much longer version is Baker came in. He looked good at times, especially in training camp. And there were moments where you think, okay, yeah, I see where this works. But when the regular season started, it, it was almost like when Cam came in, after the Arizona game last year, after that brief flash, you look at it and it's like, ooh, passing offense, not really working. Mm-hmm. And the inability to complete passes, as it turns out, is kind of a big deal for quarterbacks. And he wasn't Tough able for the to, passing offense. Yeah, he wasn't able, to, yeah. able to pass the ball at all effectively. And so at a certain point, as insane as it sounds when you say the words out loud, when Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker become better options, it's like, what do you do? And he wanted to see if a different place could give him an opportunity to reset going into free agency again next year. And it's sort of like when your third quarterback wants to be somewhere else, you say, okay. Mm -hmm. And again, that's all perfectly normal until you pull back and realize Baker Mayfield, former number one overall pick and Heisman Trophy winner who came here in July – was then released in December because he was the third best option behind Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker. Mm -hmm. Make it all make sense. And that's (laughs) the third craziest thing that's happened to the Carolina Panthers this year Mm -hmm. after firing a head coach in October and then trading Christian McCaffrey, oh, by the way, which was three years ago in October. And, and by the way, um, not out of the playoffs in in this season. And despite all that, we're – we could have an actual conversation about playoff chances this week, and it's not as, as as insane as it sounds. They're two games behind the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers still got a 49ers game left on their schedule and a little bit tougher road according to strength of schedule numbers than what the Panthers do. But it all but it all starts this week at Seattle. Mm-hmm. It it does, and and what what a season as you said so far. It's <laughs> what a season. <laughs> what it's going to be exciting the the rest of the way with with all of that going on. I think one thing you know we're talking about how this podcast gives a little bit behind the scenes as well. And and one thing I was talking to Wilkes yesterday about um, you know releasing Baker. And he started with this, and he said, you know, I just want to say uh, what a good person he is. And we heard Sam yeah. Darnold say that as well. And I think we can all attest to that. Fans, of course, uh, you you like or dislike players a lot of times based on their performance on the mm. field. 
And we all forget the the human aspect of it sometimes. And of course, it's more noticeable when, Darren, as you said, you have a, a number one overall pick who gets released. There, there are guys who get released all the time, practice squad guys. You know, there are trades that are made. There are so many things that are out of these players' control. And what they can control is is who they are. And I just want to say for the record, for anyone listening, uh, Baker Mayfield, his wife Emily, uh, great people and I wish them nothing but the best and I think sometimes that gets lost and I I mean that's not to say that there's I mean everybody here that we work with I think on the player side they are really really good people and we're lucky to work with them and so I I I wish them nothing but the best because um, I've just always enjoyed my interactions with both of them and that's the weird thing about Baker he did he comes in because he's Baker Mayfield because he he has been a celebrity for the last seven or eight years going back to Oklahoma, going back to his days in Cleveland. He's been in commercials. We feel like we know him based on the image. Those are great commercials, by the way. Such good commercials. But we feel like we knew him, and there was a certain image in everybody's head when he walked in the door. What I saw in the five months he was – four and five months he was here, he did everything right other than play the football, Mm -hmm. which is an important part of being a football player, but – from the way he operated in the locker room, the way he built relationships with guys he had never met before on the fly, the toughness he showed. I was, and again, you want to talk about behind the scenes. When he sprained that ankle and was trying to come back and play the next week against the Rams, that Friday afternoon before we got on the plane to L.A. on Saturday, he worked out in the bubble, and there were about – seven or eight people in there watching, including Steve Wilkes, and I was standing about three paces behind Steve, watching Baker roll out, watching Baker do the things, watching him throw on the move, take drops. And, you know, Steve just kind of shaking his head because a guy with the injury he had wasn't supposed to be able to do all those things. The toughness he showed, all that stuff was exemplary. And I remember running in Baker in the hall after that workout that day when everybody was reporting, you know, that he was going to be out for a month or six weeks. And he just walked by me and he kind of laughed and he said, six weeks, might <laughs> Fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of who he was. He lived for the fight. And that's why I think people believe that players are just saying the right thing when they say, like Shaq Thompson was talking about, oh, he's always going to be a brother when you've been in this locker room. I, I like him. I'm going to keep up with him, support him, whatever. That's real because he did all this stuff correctly other than play the football. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think about the human aspect of things. Um, it's it's funny. It feels like we're just having like a like a post mortem on Baker, but he was really nice. I remember he's like still alive. I know by the he's way. here. He's just in he's Los here. Angeles. He's just all the way and about in to play Los football tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he. I just. Um, I, I think especially talking about the locker room, just how quickly he was able to build those connections. I I really was surprised almost by um, especially early in the season how like on the practice field it felt like there wasn't a guy on the team that he wouldn't come up to and be like you know hey what's up or like shake hands or or bump helmets or just everything about it and um and that's one thing when Kristen you were talking about the human aspect of it I feel like so many locker room interviews we got the open locker room on Monday we talked to a couple of the guys after 
um, Baker was released and it was, you know, it, the amount of times that they've been like, well, it's a business, but like he was my brother and all the things like they've had, there's been a lot of coming and going from people who were very prominent figures in the locker room, people who made an effort to talk to everybody, get to know names. I mean, Baker knew names on the staff. Like he would always say hi to me by name, which I thought was really nice and polite. I mean, it was, there were just so many different elements, but they've been doing that all year. They've been like, oh man, you know, it's a business, it's business. Things have been going in and out. And, and that's a, that's a lot to, <laughs> that's a lot. Like, and that's why it feels, I think like, five, six months has felt like a year because so much has changed. And yeah. yet you keep that core and you keep that kind of, you know, I guess when you go through so much with so many, with the same people, it, there, there's something about that. It's a great that. point. Yeah. They've been through a lot. That locker room has been through a lot together this season. Exactly. And they, they seem to just all really care about each other, past, present uh, members included, you know, um, which is, that's, that's a really good point, Augusta. And one thing, you know, I, we, talk a lot about it on the radio broadcasts and sometimes you go like I know you guys have heard this before but as we have a different quarterback starting so so stop me if you've heard this before but I do think it's important again to to tell people that that aren't here every day that quarterback room now as it should be every quarterback room should be supportive of each other but gosh they really care about each other and you know when Sam got his first start PJ was like beating his chest you know he's like oh let's go you know it's so cool all three of them um Baker included uh, when he was here, just really rooted for the other two. And it's fun to watch each of them um, as they start like their different styles pregame warm up. Like Sam is, you know, he's laid back, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's nothing, he's not going to get too high, too low. I was just thinking what you guys were saying about when he said, uh, you know, it's a business, want the best for him. Like every day he's, you know, I, I'm living my dream, whether I'm um, hurt like he was earlier in the season. Like he's just got that real California cool, real steady. Uh, Baker, of course, has the the fiery personality, and PJ's kind of in the middle, right? Um, you know, he gets really fired up for things, but it's just, it was just fun to watch the three of them support each other all throughout training camp and um, through the regular season. And I know that that's going to continue with Sam and PJ, who are you know, the starter and the backup, respectively, for this game. Um, and and that's where the Panthers are at quarterback right now. And I got to say, I feel pretty good about it, right? Fans should feel uh, pretty pretty good about yeah. I mean, and again, a month and a half ago when they last played a football game against the Broncos (laughs) in here, you know, we got good Sam. We got first four games of last year, Sam. He was careful with the ball. He hit a shot or two downfield, Mm -hmm. got to DJ Moore. uh, And even when, you know, the defining characteristic of his career has been whether he makes the turnovers or not, whether he's throwing interceptions or putting the ball on the ground. And against the Broncos, even when the ball ends up on the ground, it kind of works out. It turns into this new holy roller where <laughs> where Sam falls on his own mistake and, and takes it in the end zone just because nobody's touched him. And, you know, if you can keep Sam from that big, disastrous game-changing mistake. Now, if the Broncos fall on that ball on the one-yard line, everything might have been different the other night. Everything might have been different for Sam. Uh, you never know. Maybe PJ is starting again this week. Who knows? But the the point is, he was able to avoid those big calamitous mistakes and turnovers. And when Sam Darnold does that, as we saw the first three four games of last season, they've got a shot. And things are very different now. I mean, there is no Christian McCaffrey now for Sam Darnold, but there's a better offensive line mm-hmm. than he's probably ever played behind in his life. Mm-hmm. And last year it was a revolving door. It, you know, we joked about it throughout last season, 14 different starting lineups in 17 games, which is ridiculous. And this year it's basically been two. 
Mm-hmm. And those two lineups, other than swapping out Pat Elfline for Bradley Bozeman, those five guys, knock on wood, have played every snap of every game they've played in. So things have been stable up front. They're running the ball well with Deontay Foreman. It's a good situation for Sam to walk into because the things he needs to succeed are all right there. And we've uh, seen some some creativity with that offensive line, especially the last couple of games. It's something yeah. we've talked a lot about on the radio broadcasts with Thomas Davis for the TV show. We're seeing that unbalanced line, you know, Cam Irving at, at tight end, uh, reporting as eligible, Cade Mays, fullback extraordinaire. Right. And uh, and they've been able to keep defenses on on uh, their toes with, with that kind of stuff. And as you said, it's, it's helping Sam Darnold. You know, we are calling – on the radio broadcast, Jake DeLoom, Luke Keekler are calling for a Cade Mays touchdown as soon as possible. They have been um, lobbying yeah. Steve Wilkes several times that I have heard to to make it happen. I don't want to give away any game plan secrets, right. but that is something that we on in the broadcast booth would, would very much like to see. Yeah, talk to Cade about that, actually, before the bye, and he was like, your boy can run with the rock. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, Cade's like got some confidence about his own ability, but... I, I sort of joked with a lot of those guys on the line, and and other than Bradley Bozeman, they all kind of deep down in their hearts believe they can be a playmaker uh, with the ball. Um, although Corbett Austin said, you know, yeah, I topped out as a running back at seven years old. After that, they were like, no, you're too big. Go be a lineman. Um, but all those guys deep down in their heart believe they can be a playmaker, and 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 you know what? It's almost this sounds flip, but what do you got to lose? Yeah, a game. Um, well, yeah. you know, I mean, in all honesty, when you can't, when you haven't had a lot of success passing the ball, what do you do? You stick an extra offensive lineman on the field and you run, and then maybe you mix it up. So it's uh, it it would be something to see. It would be another wrinkle in this season to see the ball in Cam Irving or Cade Mays's hands. Why not? I, I know. I asked Cam. I said, "Who do you think will get the touchdown first? He's like, "Well, I'm gonna say Cade." Because then maybe it'll be me, right? Like it's trying to put like the reverse jinx, I guess, out there. Um, a little birdie. This will be something fun for you guys. A little birdie did tell me that Cade Mays um, in the offensive line room <laughs> recently during a meeting got fined because he was bragging too much about his, I believe, a Little League World Series stats. Went on way too long about them, and he got a fine for that. So maybe that'll be an article yeah. on Panthers.com oh, at some point. Well, and if we do content about a rookie offensive lineman, that's another fine. So, <laughs> Icky was stacking them up earlier in the year. So. Let's yeah. talk about uh, Seattle. We are all uh, headed out there on Saturday for the Sunday game. Uh, first things first, most important things first. How are you guys occupying yourself on a five-plus-hour flight? Don't say work. Darren's going to say work. I was going to writing say articles, sleep, which I think is like a cardinal, like, don't do that. But right. I'm, I'm going to catch up on sleep. I can almost guarantee I'm going to catch up on sleep. I will probably nap on that plane at some point. Um, I wish I – I'm not a good plane napper. Uh, I wish I was. It's, I do. I am. That's one of my superpowers. It's a, it is absolutely asleep. a superpower and one that I do not possess unless I'm very, yeah. very tired. I will carry a book along with me. Same. I will attempt to read that book. I will inevitably get drawn into a conversation by Rob or Bill or Ryan or somebody on the plane, mm-hmm. and which keeps me from reading that book. And so it's, I always have goals of just relax, read a book, sit back, take a nap, and it never quite works out that way. Because <laughs> there's always, the one thing I'm going to be doing on the plane, honestly, is looking for the Wi-Fi so I can watch England-France oh in the World Cup quarters on Saturday. There so, you go. Big game. 
England you have a go. you rooting for one over the other? Um, I England tends to be the second team of most American soccer fans, That's what just I because figured. we right. watch Premier League. We're familiar with most sure. of those guys, and and plus Harry Kane's a Tottenham guy, so I have to I have to root <laughs> for him, of course. I'm gonna I sit behind Darren usually on the plane, so I'm just gonna be, you know, shouting "Go France!" in his ear. <laughs> And just a few times during just, the flight. Just, just for fun. Look, I've got to occupy myself on this flight, too. <laughs> yeah. So that's what's going to happen. So Augusta's a big Kylian Mbappe fan. She's, so she'll be. Oh, okay, who isn't? I who have, isn't? Come yeah, on. Yeah, huge, huge. I, I, made a <laughs> we can very, I made a very off-color joke about uh, the real football yesterday in front of Darren and got a reaction. It was pretty fun. I'm not a soccer fan. I'd love to be. I think it's so fascinating. I love like, I, I'm almost like a fan of the soccer fandom. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. It's so cool. They get so excited. Like I know when USA played, which I get, I know what happened, but like there were people going out to like breweries at 10 a.m. I'm like, man, what a culture. Like that's oh. not, I was at home and we were just chilling out. My family's not into it, but I was like, my friends were texting me from, you know, they're like, oh, we're getting free beer tickets. I'm like, it's 1030. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you? Um, so that first game, I want to say it was maybe the, the weekend of Thanksgiving, right? Um, and we there was also um, UNC, NC State playing. I, I went to UNC. Uh, my dad did. My husband did. So we decided, my dad said, well, hey, do you want to go watch the game? We were home, my hometown. We said, all right. And we decided that would be a great time to take my son, who was uh, almost one, to his first restaurant. Now, we knew that U- USA was playing, but didn't think about you know, just the that the random place that we decided to go watch the game would be filled with. I mean, we had the USA chance, and my my kid had never been in an environment like that. So we walk in, and his eyes are like saucers because it's 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 USA uh, World Cup fandom. Like you said, it's like it's like twelve. Yeah. It's uh, it's noon, and we're like, oh, just get him some lunch. Like it'll be a great way to ease him into going to a restaurant for the first time. Yeah. You know, and then we had and then we had you know football going on, and so, I mean the the little guy held up well. But I know exactly what you're talking about, Augusta, because I was like, oh, did not expect this level of just you know there were chants. He's like his head's whipping side to side, <laughs> like you know he's watching tennis. It was. It was great. Definitely unforgettable. Lifelong so. fan being born there. Like, you're going to tell him that story when he's older. Or a lifelong be... aversion. One of the two, <laughs> you know. Go either way. Depending on how it settles in there. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about this Seattle game. Um, so I was talking to Steve Wilkes yesterday, and, you know, he just said, they're, look, they're trying to build that playoff mentality from here on out. Everything. They need to view everything as a, a playoff game. And I said, well, what does that mean to you? What is a playoff mentality? And he said, look, it's all about execution. You know, not beating ourselves Going out there, which is which is a, a great coach thing to say, right. but but Darren Augusta, you know, as you guys dive in and, and talk to the players and and look at this game, what needs to happen from here on out? Because as we said, not out of it. Right. I mean, they've got to tighten up on defense. I mean, the Seahawks can throw the ball around. Yes. Believe it or not, of all the insane things that we've said during this podcast, Geno Smith, MVP candidate. <laughs> <laughs> is playing really good football for the Seattle is. Seahawks right now, and they why, can. Why are you laughing, around. Augusta? Because <laughs> yeah. it's just so beyond me. I just like I picture a world four months ago yeah. where you're saying this, and I'm like, it's this so is funny. the point of the it's... NFL season where things just. I, I was saying this before we started rolling. It's like every year about this time, I'm watching the NFL. We got to you know, sit. I sit home and watch Red Zone last week, and I'm going, what is going on in some of these games? Or you know, you look at the headlines. And every year I think, this is this is crazy. Like, what's going on? And then I forget that this happens just about every yeah. time this year, Geno Smith being one of those stories. Former Jets, Geno Smith and Sam Darnold playing 
against each other with NFC playoff mm-hmm. implications. Of course. Absolutely. Um, but you've got to be able to shut down two pretty productive receivers. And the Panthers, have, we've talked about all year, pretty deep at corner. They've done some different things in the secondary. Miles Hartsfield's coming back this year. This week, it looks like he's back on the practice field after missing some time. So that helps a little bit. But you got to be tight. you got to run the ball. And the Seahawks are not very good at run defense. They've, you know, blown some tires against teams. I mean, if you look back at what Oakland did to them, over 200 yards on the ground, including the big run in overtime. I mean, it's just they've sprung some leaks. So it's a, a thing that kind of plays into the Panthers' advantage. And you you see some of those little things where you think it, it could work. But I, I think to me – Mentioning that playoff mentality, watching yesterday's practice, they were in the bubble because it's been Seattle weather here all week. Um, I think I'm on the injury report with mildew. Um, <laughs> Why is that so funny? But it's, it's just been damp and cool and gray. So they went in the bubble, and there was a little – I don't want to be corny, but there was a little extra something in the air, a little mm-hmm. je ne sais quoi. I, I don't know how to explain it, but guys were locked in. And J.J. Jansen said after practice, he said, I had a couple guys come up to me and say, this is different. This is, mm-hmm. you know, they know. They understand that if they want to keep talking about playoffs, if they want to have something to play for the rest of the year, it starts this week. They haven't won a road game yet. They need to do that. They need to put two together back-to-back for this to be anything with any legs. So, I, you know, I think they've got guys' attention. And when Steve talks about playoff mentality means focus, it means attention to detail. Seeing those guys as kind of locked in as they were, Mm -hmm. it kind of speaks to that. I mean, he's gotten their attention. They understand the message. Now they just got to go out and do it. Well, it's one of the things, too, that I find so interesting and kind of building off of that. The playoff mentality, like you said, is like kind of like attention to detail, all of those things. But one thing that Steve Wilkes has talked about a lot is not letting it get in the way. And this seems like a really hmm. big it game. You know, they have all the playoff stuff going on. They're going up to Seattle. It's a long trip. The weather's going to be Seattle weather. I think I was looking like 38 and rainy, so it's going to be lovely and wonderful. It's going Can't wait to be out there just for five hours. No, I'm just kidding. Perfect, perfect. But, like, you have all of the the it of it you know not and and then even like you know oh two wins in a row win on the road and I think what while like those big storylines are like what we talk about I think the what Wilkes is trying to instill in the players and what they're kind of giving back to us is that like all of the the itness for lack of a better word is like that that has to kind of go to the wayside and it's like just play the game even though they'll be in the hostile environment I was talking to a lot of them yesterday about kind of playing in Seattle and how loud it is and and a lot of them haven't played there before some of them were mm-hmm. trying to like relate it back to college college experiences um Brady Christensen I talked with him he went to BYU and he was like I haven't really played in a lot of places that were super loud like you know when I was in school he's like I went to Tennessee in the SEC and that was different and he like looked over to Cade Mays's locker and it was kind of funny but um there's just all sorts of different I, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like the not letting it get in the way, and that's such a big Steve Wilkes thing, and he has a lot of them bought into that. So, like, you try to ask them about the trends and things like that, and and I really do think, like, that kind of, like, translates into, like, the snappy practices. I feel like snappy is a good way because it felt like everything was moving very quickly, very efficiently. It was almost like a very well-oiled machine. Not that every practice isn't, like, efficient, but there was something different. I agree. Like, something in the air was, like, boom, 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 boom. And it's a, it's a good point, Augusta, with professional athletes, there's this this fine line of 
you need to focus in and be um, be attentive, um, have great execution, know the stakes, but not so much that it gets in the way of your mental thing. And it is that it is this tightrope that you are walking, which is I think what both of you were just saying. It's to know how important this is to do your job, to be tightened up, to to execute. But also to not let it get so big that you, you it gets in the way of everything, which is why they're professional athletes and I'm not, because yeah. I couldn't figure that out. It's like the old John Wooden saying, be quick, but don't hurry. <laughs> yes, Ooh. exactly. Well, that's a perfect place to leave it with some of Darren's wisdom. This <laughs> Darren's was... appropriated wisdom from John <laughs> yeah. Wooden. Yeah. I take no credit John for John Wooden who? I, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying it's all you, Darren. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week on the Happy Half Hour Podcast. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.